Welcome to Hope for the Heart. This is William Rogers, and I want to thank you in the beginning for those of you who have been following along. I do get responses from people, and as I'm going today's message is going to be uh, in part a response to some people who have uh, reached out to me with some some questions and some other teachings that are out there. And so I want to give us a, a point of reference to begin with, so I will begin reading. Today's uh, message is entitled, A Universal Warning, and this is found in Revelation chapter 8, verses 10 through 13. And I'll read that for you if you want to just listen along or grab your Bibles. I invite you to do that and follow along as I read Revelation chapter 8, verses 10 through 13, to give us a context. This is what we'll be talking about today. It begins, the Word of God reads, in chapter 8 of Revelation, beginning in verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters, because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun became, a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were smitten, so that a third of them might be darkened, and the day might not shine for a third of it. And the night in the same way. And I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Again, this is our, our text for today, and I want to, uh, to begin just by, I guess, looking back just, just very briefly. We, we have just come through a silence in heaven, and then we see the action begins. In fact, this verse or this passage, along with the last week's passage, is very much filled with, with action. Uh, this deadly vengeance of God that is being poured out on the earth in the last period before the reign of Jesus Christ is established uh, and it's described here. And these are frightening, terrifying judgments. It's little wonder that heaven itself is stunned, I think, into silence. So as these judgments begin to unfold, they unfold with the first of the trumpets and then later we will see the bold judgments. All of them make up the unavoidable, inevitable, terrifying wrath of God during a period of time uh, which the Bible calls the day of the Lord. And we've looked at that in, in, in somewhat of a detail. Now the words we just read take place during a, uh, a time that the Bible calls the tribulation period. This specifically that I just read is a period known as the Great Tribulation. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, which is seven years. And just prior to this seven-year period, the rapture of the church has happened. The church has already been called up into heaven, and then God lets loose all over the world or a universal look or a universal judgment that is taking place. The wrath culminates in this final judgments uh, known as trumpets and bowls, and it's a prelude to the day of the Lord. So what we're looking at is 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 judgments, and I want to repeat that uh, probably many times because you know the, the one thing about these scriptures in the Book of Revelation is we wish that it would give us more detail. 
I know that anyone who has studied would wish that it would give us more detail. And there's so much detail left out of chapter 8 that, that the Lord, quite frankly, does not give. And yet constantly people are sending me requests to answer more specifically uh, on certain things because they're hearing other teachers say things that I don't say or, or I don't take it as far as they take it. Well, I think they're answering questions that uh, the answers just don't come in, in the Scriptures. And the people try to supplement answers when there is no answer. Uh, but I, I do wish there was more detail. We could wish that uh, there is, but there is enough to excite the heart uh, for two things. One, to embrace the Lord so that you you don't escape this, because it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that you're going to escape this. And two, it, it, it creates in us, should be creating in us, a desire to witness, to bring the message of the gospel to those who have not responded to the gospel. And so with that in mind, we, 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 we need to keep this in mind, that this is really what this is for. Uh, it's not to excite us into some other things that I'm going to mention, but, uh, but just to say that it all points to Christ and His return, and now the only way we can look at this is not to go run and hide somewhere or to uh, go into a cave or the rocks or to store up food uh, for for a possibly months or even a year uh, that I know people are, are propagating and pushing. But this, you have to realize, these scriptures are not things that God has intended to surprise people with. After all, there is, and we know this, over and over, the warning is there. We, we see it, we know it's all through the New Testament. It came from the prophets of the Old Testament. It came from the lips of Jesus. It came from the pen of the apostles. It came through, uh, through the book of Revelation as a, re, as a revelation to John himself. And here it is. And the choice is yours to accept salvation and deliverance of Christ or to face the judgment. And you're not going to be able to hide from the judgment or prolong it by storing up things for yourself. Now, that may be good for some people. I'm not going to condemn that. I just don't think that's what the Scriptures are teaching us. Uh, and even should you die and be buried before this happens, uh, that which awaits in, in hell is infinitely worse, for this is temporary. And this is the eternal judgment. But for those of you who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, it will not be a time of, of, uh, of fun if you're left here on earth. But you, we've already looked at this in part, that there will be Christians die during the tribulation period. And they will be killed either through the judgments themselves or they're going to be killed through the sword of the Antichrist and the persecution that will come. But either way, it is a way that we can look at the fact that it's still God's plan. Uh, for the for the judgments to take place. And these people who do know Christ and die are going to end up in heaven. That's where they're going to go. And you, the detail is, we just can't supplement the detail. If it's detail is not there, we don't have the detail, and we can't give you detail. Uh, but we're going to be addressing some of these things. And so this silence is broken by action. We look at the first trumpet, for example. The first trumpet sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and there was thrown down to the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees burned, and all the green grass is burned up. 
This is known, as we mentioned last week, the one-third judgments, and we're going to see massive destruction on the earth. The earth has already been experiencing unbearable things. I've already read to you in chapter 6 toward the end there of the things that are going to be happening. And we know that God is bringing this judgment upon the ungodly. And uh, it is not intended to be a judgment for believers. It is intended to be a judgment for the ungodly. In fact, if you were to, uh, if you have your Bible, you can look at Second uh, Thessalonians chapter uh, two, and it says something interesting. It says, "With all the uh, the deception of the wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, so as to be saved." For this reason, God will send send upon them a deluding influence, so that they might be, be so that they might believe what is false, in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. That's why this judgment is happening, and we've looked at several different aspects of that. And if you are an unbeliever, and this is what you think you're going to be facing. Uh, and you think you can hide from it or delay it or escape it, then you're sadly mistaken. There is only one escape, and that is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and that is coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting Him and repenting of your sins. That is the only escape here. And so in Revelation chapter 8, we're seeing this uh, blast of the trumpets, and uh, these are these are pretty powerful here, but the earth has already been experiencing these things and in, in a massive way. And I love to hear people nowadays that are talking. And I get these certain programs. I'm not going to mention the programs because I think that would turn some people off. And I don't mean to be critical of them, but I just think we have to be careful when we're delivering God's Word and the interpretation of God's Word that we, that we handle it very carefully. If it's not said in there, don't make it say it. Uh, but this, this judgment is, is one of those places that people go to to pronounce a doomsday coming. And this doomsday, however you interpret it, uh, is, is not quite like the Bible presents it. Uh, of course, I think the way the Bible presents it is actually worse, but the doomsday that is coming is basically like what I heard today. Someone sent me a video. It's the doomsday is coming. It's going to be a giant meteorite that's going to hit the earth, and it's going to be devastating. And they say it's already headed this direction. It's going to hit in, in uh, I think, April, like a Friday the 13th in, 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 in 2029. It's headed this way. Well, that, that may be. I don't know. And God may use that. Uh, just he could, God could do anything he wants. Uh, I read what scientists are saying about that, and basically what I come to is that it's all saying that God can do whatever he wants to do, even though they don't say that. So this doomsday prediction is a very interesting thing to look at. I wish more people would look at the scriptures and what they are actually saying rather than on the trying to do an exegesis on the daily news and the predictions by scientists. Do an exegesis of the scriptures. Let's look at verse 10. And I want to show you something because this is very interesting to me that this is included in most doomsday predictions. <coughs> and they, is, they say wormwood is coming. Uh, and so this is part of the thing, the the way that they're pro, 
proclaiming the doomsday is going to be called a wormswood, a wormwood, and they're saying that is really what this is. In fact, the the speaker I heard today, and I, I'm not going to give the name of the program, says that all these trumpet blasts are really summed up in verse 10 and 11 by naming them wormwood. That this is all referring to the same thing. Well, I happen to disagree. It's not all referring to the same thing. And I want to just show you just a couple of things that I think are very interesting here uh, as we get involved in this. Now, last week we talked about God and global warming. And that God will turn up the heat. God will destroy the rainforest. God will slaughter the plants and the animals. And I've been saying this all along. And the, the tree huggers and the save the whale and those that are really out to save the planet are going to freak out when this happens, because look look at what happens here. You look at the first trumpet, hail, fire, and blood. Earth is burned, one-third of the trees and all the green grass. Well, what's that going to do to the uh, to the uh, people who are, are, are worried about saving the planet? Look at the second trumpet, a burning uh, like a mountain. Look at what it says in verse 7. The first sentence sounded, uh, that's verse 7, that's the first angel. Second Angel, in verse 8, sounded something like a great mountain. Not a great mountain, but something like a great mountain. It's going to, uh, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea becomes blood. A third of the creatures are killed, and a third of the sea had life, died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. This is going to be a massive destruction on earth, and it's going to cause a lot of attention. Uh, the one writer today said, can you imagine how busy people are going to be watching the news and having seminars trying to figure out what's happening? Well, I don't think that's true. I don't think they are going to be. I, you see, by the time this happens, the world has been through total, almost total devastation. At least it's going to be catastrophic. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of electricity in places. There's not going to be a lot of broadcasting. There's not going to be a lot of Internet service or or, 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 or things like this. It's going to be a time that is going to be destruction upon the earth. I don't know. People, I had one guy talking about the fact that people are going to be traveling and getting in their cars. Well, no, no, they're not. I don't think they will. I think gas is going to be a shortage. Electricity is going to be a shortage. And the roads are going to be destroyed. We just tend to forget all of that. And we, we get caught up in the emotion uh like one person was talking about storing up and and getting almost like vaults in the, in the sides of mountains and storing up food that could last for a year and start now and go ahead and rotate it out and it's like really uh, you know I, I just don't know uh, I I read this so different so this third angel and I want to show you this uh third angel sounded verse 10 of of, of Revelation chapter 8 sounded and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch. Now, it's not a torch, but it's burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the rivers. And I've heard that so many explanations for this. But I think we have every reason to believe here, and I'll give you some explanation for this. And I may not get very far into this uh, third trumpet blast, but the third trumpet destroys one-third of, of the natural drinking water. Normally, when this word star is used, and I want you to notice that word star. It says a great star fell from heaven. And most people just take that at face value, and they do not see it as symbolically given to us. It's a common symbol of an angel, and that, I think, is the case here. At least it could be. I'm not going to be dogmatic about anything here because their explanations 
are just not all there. I believe there's a, it's, it's used symbolically here. This is not a literal star falling, and this I don't think is a literal meteorite falling. This angel's name, I think, is Wormwood, showing him to be a fallen angel. I think this is nothing more than a demon that God uses demons to bring about some of his judgments during the tribulation period. This demon causes one-third of the water to turn bitter, which in turn causes the death of many, many people. You see, fallen angels will be used on several different occasions in tribulation. Uh, occasions during tribulation to render judgment upon the earth. God can do anything he chooses to do. Now, why do I say that? Well, I'm going to say that because next week I'm going to get into, if I finish this section, I'm going to get into the fifth trumpet. I want you to look at just briefly at that just to show you that this is not so far out in left field when I say this may not be a star or a meteor, which I, in some cases would be the same thing, but this could be very much a, a, a demon coming to, God's using this demon to destroy a third of the drinking water on earth. Look at chapter, five, or chapter 9, verse 1. And I just want to read it kind of slow and carefully for you. The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven. There we go which had fallen to the earth, we, we would tend to think that's the same kind of picture that is in verse 10 of chapter 8, to the earth, and the key to the bottomless pit was given to not it, the star, but to him, the uh, male, or the personal pronoun of a him. And he, look at that, he opened uh, the bottomless pit. In other words, he's given a key. Who? Who is given a key? This this person, this one, or this angel that has come down from heaven and is given a key, and he takes the key, and he has further action with it. He opens the bottomless pit, and then it describes for us what all that is. And so we see another case where it is used symbolically. A fallen star is given the key to the abyss. The word star, again, is used symbolically of an angel. Once again, it is a fallen angel. The abyss is a temporary place of confinement for demons. Well, this demon is going to have the power to unlock that place where, those con where the confined demons are and literally let them out. And so, it is a place where fallen angels fear to be sent and when they were cast out by the Messiah, in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 31, uh, they didn't want to go there. Uh, it is temporary. It's, it's, it's For their final abode will be the lake of fire. Not all demons are confined. And so we're going to look at that next time. But for this time, I want you just to see that this wormwood is uh, it can, it very well could be a demon that's in charge, sent by God. Yes, God uses anybody he wants to. He uses lost kings. He uses lost people. He uses uh, uh, anyone he wants to accomplish his purpose. Uh, in fact, Psalm says he's in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. And so we can't put any kind of a restriction on him just because it doesn't make sense to us. But this star, or this, if you want to call it a meteor, whatever it is, is is not the doomsday that the people are predicting. I don't think it's going to be massive or total destruction upon the earth, which people are predicting. 
And if it is going to be as bad as they say it is, then what would you need to store up food for? Where are you going to hide from that kind of thing? You think a cave in a mountain is going to be a safe place? I don't think so. So we, 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 we have to look at this with not only common sense, but a proper exegesis of the Scriptures. And said, this star, burning like a torch, fell, to, uh, fell on a third of the rivers of water. And so we see that it is going to uh, be a, a real problem for the drinking water. So angel number three adds to this fanfare of judgments. Uh, one run writer puts this, falling out of heaven, burning like a torch. Uh, it could be a comet, it could be a, a, a meteor, it could be a flame just that God throws down to earth. It could be something like a comet. We don't really know, and I appreciate that, because we don't really know. It's, uh, it's certainly uh, characteristic of what Luke twenty one eleven says when Jesus says this, uh, fearful sights and great signs from heaven. The celestial uh, body that we see up here disintegrates as it nears the earth. It scatters over the globe. It's flaming uh, gaseous fires and uh, torch-like. Uh, it's going to fall into the rivers. It's going to be devastating. Well, and here's why. You can live a while without uh, all the crops uh, because they are certain things uh, stockpiled and certain things canned and certain things preserved. And I know people are trying to sell these kinds of things. And that'll last a while. You can live for a while without the oceans. You can live for a while without seawater. But you can't live very long without fresh water. And you have to understand, as one, one writer puts it this way, and that, again, he says, I, I think that this one-third judgment that it's called is only going to be seen by one-third of the world. Well, I think it's going to be worldwide. I think it's going to be a universal thing. It's just not all of the water is going to be polluted. So we see that a third of the world is judged, and it's going to be throughout the whole universe, or throughout the, the, uh, uh, the, the world itself. And many people, it says, are going to die. It's going to be, after all, a third of the rivers, a third of the springs. So a lot of people are going to die. Animals are going to die, according to verse 7. Trees and grass, according to verse 6. Uh, and you, you, it's just going to be a major devastation upon the earth. And we have to realize that uh, I always ask myself, how long or how many judgments would it take for people to repent? If fear would cause people to repent, if, if judgment, if seeing judgment coming and fearing that would cause repentance, then why, don't, why doesn't everybody repent? Well, you get down to uh, look at chapter 9, verse, uh, I think it's uh, verse 21, I, I hope I'm right. In chapter 9, verse 21, uh, it actually begins in verse 20. And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, which we haven't looked at yet, but th that can be representative of all the plagues, did not repent. Look at, listen to that. Did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither save nor hear nor walk. They did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or drugs. They do not repent in their immorality nor of their thefts. What does that mean? Well, it means the judgments don't scare repentance out of people. 
and, and the destruction of earth, as cataclysmic as it's going to be, does not scare people into repentance. It has to be God drawing these people into repentance before it can happen. Uh, and so this star is called Wormwood, whether it is a demon or whether it is a meteor, I can't say. But the wormwood is uh, is a it's a it's a deadly substance or something that is going to hit the waters and it's going to bring poison. Now I realize the scriptures talk about wormwood, but in each of these cases I've looked at, it still could be God used a demon. For example, Deuteronomy twenty nine eighteen or Proverbs five four notes that it's a very bitter. It produces drunkenness, according to Lamentations 3.15, and eventually it can produce death. It's associated with another poison that is called gall, mentioned in Deuteronomy 29.18 again in Lamentations 3.19. All of this, just to point out that wormwood refers to something bitter. Well, it could be that this meteor falls and hits one-third of the waters, and the substance there, God uses the substance of the meteor to poison the waters, uh, or he uses a demon to literally poison the waters. I don't think it's going to really matter, because I don't plan on being here. I'm not going to be here. I will be at already in heaven, because the rapture of the church, I really believe, has already occurred, and we've already looked at that, based on... Uh, Revelation chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 4, we've already seen this. But remember now, it's a deadly substance. Something deadly happens to the waters. It's a poison that's lethal. A third of the waters become word wormwood, it says in verse 11. And as a result, many men will die. I mean, that's a fact. Many people will die. Well, the earth has already seen a lot of deaths from the other judgments. So this too, I believe, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah was allowed to see as God gave him a vision of future judgment. Listen to what Jeremiah chapter 9 says. The Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it, but have walked after the stubbornness of their heart and after the bales as their fathers taught them, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, this people, listen to this, with wormwood and give them poisoned water to drink. Wow! That pretty much says, as, a, as almost like a forerunner to this, and he's talking about the judgment of Israel, and it's a preview, I think, of what's going to happen during the very time of the great tribulation that we're reading about right here. Well, I want to go ahead and jump into this fourth trumpet to see if I can get much into that. But look at what the fourth trumpet sounds, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars might be smitten so that a third of them might be darkened, and the day might not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. Well, this fourth trumpet judgment is, is very interesting too. It destroys one-third of man's light sources, now, the verse does not necessarily imply that one-third of the sun, moon, and stars are destroyed, which I have actually heard people say that, only that their light is somehow hindered from reaching us and used. As a result, I think this judgment, the one-third of the light source for the day and time, and one-third of the light source for the nighttime are blacked out. Now, that that is a very interesting thing because when this fourth angel sounds and and this begins to happen, 
it will draw people's attention upward, upward, up, up into the heavens to take a look at this. But I think there's also something else that, that could be easily missed here. And I think uh, uh, using scientific terminology to say that God can do whatever He wants is really what I read when I read scientific articles uh, on this kind of thing. But I think he, 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 God wants us to, to be warned here. I think this is a universal warning, just like we're going to find in verse 13. But I think the loss of solar heat, which is really what we're, I think we're talking about here. Again, I could be wrong. But you take a third of the light of the sun uh, away from uh, our 24-hour day, and I think it will cause radical drops in temperature over the earth. And I really see this as a, a tremendous uh, picture of what this, how severe these changes in this judgment could be. What that means is severe changes in in weather. I think it can mean <coughs> that violent storms, weather changes that are absolutely unpredictable and unknown to man. I think it's what we're looking at here. I think this will be a total interruption of of, of, of of plant life, biological cycles, and that begins to change everything in the world will absolutely start to go mad. That's how devastating I think it is to look at this. It's going to be a terrible time. Remember this, Luke chapter 21, verse 25. Uh, at this time there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves and men fainting from fear and the expectation of things which are coming upon the world for the powers of heaven will be shaken. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And then he adds, Then you shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. All of this is leading to that. But it's not yet. It's all coming. But this is, just shows the devastation of this. And it does, that, this is the kind of detail you almost wish it w would say. But just by saying the solar uh, heat and light from the sun is darkened or, or held back for a third of the time, doesn't create for us the full impact of the severe changes from this judgment. And I think that's what we miss sometimes from this. But you have to ask, could anything be worse than this? Well, verse 13 could be worse. And so I'm not going to be able to get into that. I want to save that one because I want to hit on a few things. And so we'll deal next time on that. So for now, this is William Rogers, and you've been listening to Hope for the Heart. And I know that uh, this verse I just read causes uh, a fear and fainting. And, and actually that word there means death. Uh, people will die over the anxiety this is going to cause. But uh, you're listening to Hope for the Heart. And join us next time as we will take a look at what comes next. Uh, verse 13 and see just how bad it's going to be. And so I thank you for listening today. And remember, uh, keep up with this, read this, and don't believe everything you hear out there in emotionalism revolving or revolving around the signs of the end times and doomsday coming and preparations such as buying all of this stuff and storing it. Your focus ought to be on your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it real in your life? Do you really love the appearing of, 
of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love studying His Word? Do you actually have a relationship with Him? These are the questions I think you need to ask. Don't worry about storing up food for a year. Keep your eyes and your focus on the Word of God. Thank you again for joining us today.